The reading this morning is 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 to 28. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. This is the word of the Lord. Like many of you, I suspect I've had a lot of different communions over the years, from the early days when in the 1980s we had this little colourful book that we could follow through the service in, looking up at the front, those getting the bread and the wine and uh, wishing for the day I got to get the bread and the wine and just coming up for the blessing. As a teenager on summer camps, getting these unofficial communions where we had bread rolls and grape juice and feeling a bit more grown up. That first communion that I had after my confirmation the first official one, maybe, I should say. Then, as a student at CU, leading communion for the first time in our informal kind of communions we'd have in our small groups or occasionally when we met as a CU. After that, I attended a Baptist church for a while, and there we would put the bread and the wine at the side, and we'd each serve at each other and pray together as we served each other. In the Pali church, when we lived in Nepal, we would all come and bring the bread and the wine back to our seat and actually take the bread and the wine, all at exactly the same time, really taking it together. Doing it on Zoom, with Chris Turner leading and us bringing the elements ourselves, at the cathedral, at Worcester Cathedral where I work, where you get the priest kissing the altar at the start, and lots of hand signals, which probably mean something to those who are familiar with it, but didn't mean very much to me. Uh, But it was still a very spiritual event. And then the frantic filling of the cups that we have here at Christchurch (laughs) post-COVID. There's lots of different ways to do communion. But what does it all mean? And what's communion about anyway? So let me go over with you exactly what goes on in the Lord's Supper and why it is so centrally important. We're going to look at four things here. Firstly, we're remembering. We look back. This is my body, broken for you. Do this to remember me, he said. This cup is my blood, my new covenant with you. Each time you drink this cup, remember me. So the first thing we're doing, as our service says today, is remembering. He asks us to remember, and so we do. We remember that last special night with his followers. Remember that he went to the cross, that he died for each of us. He took the bread and he told us that this bread is his body broken for us. Remember that. Picture that. He took the cup and he told us that this wine was his blood shed for us. Remember that. Picture that. 
the first thing we are doing in communion is remembering Jesus, remembering the cross and his death for us. Secondly, we examine, we look inside at ourselves. Examine your motives, test your heart, come to this meal in holy awe. If we don't take communion seriously, then the message version actually says we become part of the crowd jeering at him. We need to come, as it says, in holy awe. That is why early in a communion service, we will pause to reflect. We say together words of confession where we admit that our motives and our actions aren't always very good. They're not up to God's standard. And we say sorry. And then, beautifully, we're forgiven. And later, we make peace with our fellow brothers and sisters. We go around saying, peace be with you, and shaking hands. Well, we did, didn't we, before COVID. Now we just wave and say, peace be with you. But we are making peace with our brothers and sisters. We're getting ready. We're looking inwards, examining ourselves to make sure we are in the right place before we take communion. Thirdly, we partake. And in this, we we share together a meal and we look around at our community. What you must solemnly realize is that every time you eat this bread and every time you drink this cup, you reenact in your words and actions the death of the master. Communion isn't just thinking about remembering, it's acting out the remembrance. We actually eat the bread and wine to help us remember. And we do it together. We gather around this table as a family of Christians, just like believers have from the very beginning gathered around a table to share a meal. We do it together now. As I mentioned, I work at Worcester Cathedral, and one of my jobs is to teach students that come to the cathedral about what we do there. I teach them about Holy Communion and what it is and what it means, and at the cathedral we use wafers for communion. And so the other week I was holding up this wafer to the students, and one of the students said, is that a white chocolate button? (laughs) I I said, if you put this in your mouth thinking it's a white chocolate button, you're going to be sorely disappointed. And if we come to communion thinking we're going to be physically filled up, that our physical hunger is going to go away, then we probably are going to be disappointed. The actual act of eating and drinking is instead to remind us, isn't it, of our need for spiritual nourishment. And in the same way that food and drink, when we have larger quantities than we would in a communion service, keep us physically alive, the blessings and benefits that come to us from the bread and the wine, the body and blood of Christ are essential for our spiritual growth and life. And so as a community, we come together to take in this meal, in our physical act of remembrance. And finally, we proclaim, we look forward. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We don't just do it once, maybe like our baptisms, But we come back again and again, every week, every day, every month, however often we do it, but we come back again, just as Jesus asked us to. Whenever you do this, remember me. And by taking it, we're proclaiming, we're shouting out, we're publicly showing that we believe, that we believe Jesus died for us, that we have faith in him, and we are looking forward to his return and all things being restored, being made right, just as he promised. And what about the days when we just don't feel like coming? Well, I don't think we should ever feel guilty about that. As Paul said, it's better not to come with the wrong attitude. But equally, always remember that today and and tomorrow, when you're feeling too tired to get up and go to the sink to get a glass of cold water, you know what action it is you need to do to get yourself right again. 
and maybe coming up when you're not quite feeling if you're good enough or if you're ready enough is what God will use to refresh you spiritually. And so we have communion where we remember his last supper, his death. We examine ourselves. We check we are right before God. We partake together. We physically eat and spiritually nourish ourselves. And in doing all this, we are proclaiming Jesus as our Lord and his death as the central point of all history. That is communion. Communion.